Hello, my name is Dwayne McCrary, and I'm the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible. And I want to thank you for joining us today for this podcast. My guest today is Mike Livingston. Mike, thank you for being here with us today. It's great to be here. Thanks. Mike, why don't you share and remind us a little bit about your role on the ETB team? I am a content editor, uh, and uh, I work primarily on the personal study guide and the commentary that goes in the leader guide. This session, this, this podcast, we're looking at session three, like we've already mentioned. Um, we're looking at Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And we've already looked at uh, chapter 1. We looked at the introduction, uh, Paul's opening statements. Then we looked at his prayer for the Ephesians. And now we really get into some of the meat of Ephesians. Probably going to be looking at this. This probably is one of the more quoted passages, one of the more used passages, particularly when you're talking to someone about salvation. We'll be looking at chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. It begins, verses 1 through 3, really defining what we were prior to Christ, that we were once dead. He reminded his readers, Paul did, that prior to their salvation in Christ, they were spiritually dead. They were bound by Satan. They were living a life of sin and rebellion against God, and they deserved God's wrath. One of the key phrases is this is in verse 3 where he says, By nature we are children, children of wrath. However, the good news is found in verse 4. For that verse begins, But God... We once were dead, but now we're alive. Verses 4 through 7 of chapter 2 point to that reality, what we are now in Christ. He declared, Paul did, that believers are made alive as an act of God's grace. This salvation is offered because of God's love for us, and believers will be granted a position in heaven based on Jesus' exalted position. We find life and purpose through faith in Jesus. Verses 8, 9, and 10, Paul presents how that change takes place. He emphasized that God's salvation comes only through faith, and it is an act of His grace to humanity. Salvation cannot be earned, but can only be received as a gift. Our salvation frees us to then live a life of good works that honor God. This salvation we have, it's granted through faith alone in Jesus, and it removes all grounds for personal boasting. One of the, the items that's noted, provided for this particular session, is in the leader pack, and it's item number four. It's a poster that compares the old and the new. And on one side, you have the old life, which is from verses one through three, and on the other side of the poster, on the right-hand side, you have the new life, which is found in verses 4 through 6. And it's really a comparison. Uh, it says, we were dead, now we're alive. We were enslaved, now we are enthroned. We were objects of wrath, now we're objects of grace. We walked among the disobedient, now we have fellowship with Christ. We were under Satan's dominion, and now we are in union with Christ. So really it's presenting some opposites. Mike, what are some ways we might be able to use that poster, uh, that pack item, to teach this session? Well, I think this this contrast of of the before and after, and that's what it is. You know, it's a, it's a before and after picture, and I think it can jumpstart a number of potentially meaningful discussions in in our classes. Like, for example, what what are the differences between a person without Christ and a person in Christ? 
what are the what are the differences? Is it only that one is forgiven and one is is not forgiven? I mean, is, there's more than that. Obviously, the the difference between a person without Christ and a person in Christ, the differences are are stark. They're substantial. It, it's the difference between life and death. It's the difference between bondage and freedom. In every way, a believer is different from an unbeliever. There couldn't really be a greater contrast no, here. No, not, you know, life and death. There's not a greater contrast than that. And you might even expand that list. You know, you make that list, you know, using what we have there in, in uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, but you could even expand that list beyond Ephesians chapter 2. You know, think about what are, what are the other contrasts made in Scripture between a person without Christ and a person in Christ. And, and there are, you know, there, there would be many. Um, Ephesians 5 eight. once you were darkness, now you're light. Um, uh, you know, think of Luke 15, you lost and, and found, or Romans 8, condemnation and no condemnation, or Colossians 1, we were alienated and hostile toward God. Now we're reconciled and holy and blameless before Him. Uh, so there's all kinds of contrasts that we can make, uh, even to expand that, that list. I'm blind and now you see. Yeah, yeah, there's so many of them. Um, and something I would do uh, that I will do in teaching this is, is before... I mean, rather, after making these, these contrasts, the, the before and the after, and then talking about the differences there, uh, I, I would take a, a, a marker and just write the words, but God, just write down the middle between those two columns. Whether you have the pack item or you're doing it on a, on a, a whiteboard, you know, make those two columns, the before and the after, and just take your marker and just write the words, but God, right in between those two lists. Because that is the difference. Yeah, yeah. How do those two words change everything? You know, we were dead, but God made us alive. We were enslaved uh, by, by Satan, and, and, our, you know, and, and we were sinners by nature, but God. You know, those, those are the most important two words of, of the gospel, maybe. And, uh, and I would have your members discuss why those two words are, are such a, why that's such a statement of hope. I think that's very helpful. Yeah. Um, Paul is writing to believers here, and he explains in verses 1 through 3 what they once were. Um, how should that description, uh, dead, enslaved, objects of wrath, disobedient, um, children of wrath, under wrath, those type of things. How should that description impact us as believers? Well, seeing what we once were and would still be apart from grace, seeing who we are by nature apart from grace should, first of all, make us humble. I mean, this lesson makes the point that pride is antithetical to the gospel, that no one has grounds for boasting before God. If we could earn God's favor by our own efforts, then we'd have something to boast about, but we can't and we don't. So first, it, it, it ought to make us humble as we look at this. It, it, and it should make us grateful, of course. Obviously, it should make us grateful when someone offers you a gift. The response, the appropriate response is gratefulness. And, and Paul says in verse 8 that salvation is God's gift to us, and, and the right response is gratefulness for that gift. So it makes us grateful. It, um, third, the third thing is it should motivate us to share Christ with the lost. I mean, this, this is incentive right here to share Christ. Uh, there's a statement in the, in the personal study guide that this should tender our hearts toward the lost and fuel desire for their salvation. And, uh, and, and I'd say the last thing, um, last way it might impact us is that it, it promotes unity among believers. And that's a part of Paul's argument. That's a, look, at, look at this in the context of Ephesians, and that's kind of what, 
what Paul is saying here, that these are, are the grounds for our unity. You notice in, in, if you look in verse 1, chapter 2, verse 1, it starts with the words, and you. And that means you Gentiles. Verse 3 starts with we too, meaning we Jews, Jews and Gentiles. Well, whether Jew or Gentile, we all have the same need. We all come to God in the same way, and that's through faith in Christ. So um, notice also um, you know, how this passage, uh, 2, 1 through 10, just kind of leads into Paul's discussion about the Jew and the Gentile in the following verses. Uh, you who are far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Both groups are made one. Um, so there's always that horizontal dimension to the gospel of grace. The gospel breaks down the dividing walls between us, which uh, I know will be the theme of session four. So the first thing again was? Yeah, that it, it ought to make us humble. Humble. Uh, yeah. And then grateful. Grateful. Then it motivate us. Yeah, it's an incentive to share Christ. And then unity. And it promotes Bring us together. Promotes unity, okay. yeah. Obviously, with, with Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10 in this passage, um, we're going to be talking about salvation. Um, this is a, a natural place, a natural lesson where we can be evangelistic as teachers. Um, sometimes we as teachers forget that opportunity to draw the net or we don't take full advantage of it. Uh, what are some pointers here, Mike, that will help us to teach this lesson evangelistic evangelistically, excuse me, and draw the net during our Bible study groups? Because there, there may be people in our groups who do not know Christ. Yeah, and I, I think we even want to go into it with the assumption that there, there probably will be. And, and we don't want to assume that just because their name is on our roll and they're regular attenders that they are they're believers. We never want just to make that assumption. So um, we, we want to be perfectly clear as we teach this passage that it, this is a passage that emphasizes the impossibility of us doing anything to earn God's favor, to earn God's say, uh, to, to earn salvation. Uh, that's it's just that's that's an emphasis here that we don't want to miss. Um, dead people can't undead themselves; they can't save themselves. <laughs> so we want to be perfectly clear and emphasize. The, the impossibility that we can in, in any way merit or earn God's favor. And the flip side of that is that salvation is a gift. And that's, that's what Paul is saying here. It's a gift, but it's a gift that must be received by faith. It's, it's a gift that calls for personal response. So there is a response that, that, we have, that we need to make to this, that by grace you've been saved through faith. And so faith is that response. Salvation is a gift of grace, and faith is the hand that receives the gift freely offered to us. Faith is taking our hands off of trying to earn our way to God, and just it, faith is that hand that just opens itself up to receive God's gift. So I think, I think that for me, the, the main point here is, um, in, in addition to that, um, that we, we don't want to focus this lesson only on, on the what of salvation, you know, making, you know, the contrast between who we were and before Christ, who we are now, that we were dead, now we're alive. We don't want to just focus on, on the descriptions, but we also want to get to the how, I mean, how does this happen and, and what must we do? Because if we as teachers don't offer the how, then we haven't taught evangelistically. 
Um, so we have to get to that how. And it, it don't, you know, we don't want to forget that an evangelistic tool that we have uh, in, in our materials here is right inside the front cover of, of every book. Uh, there's, there's an evangelistic tool right there, the plan of salvation, the way of salvation. And, and you may want to just have your, your members, your class members, just turn to that and, and uh, look at that and, and just invite them to, to, to talk with you, to get with you if they have any uh, doubts or any questions about it. Maybe make, a, make yourself available afterwards yeah. when everybody's leaving. Say, hey, I'm going to be standing up here. Yeah or standing at the door somewhere, yeah. if you want to visit with me, I'll be more than happy to talk to you at that point. Right. Uh, another way would be making an appointment. Hey, here's my, text, here's my phone number. Text me, yeah. and let's, uh, let's get together a time. This is too important for us not to take that opportunity. That's true. Uh, one of the things you just said uh, that really caught my attention is the idea that dead people can't undead themselves. Yeah. And that's an important uh, truth for us to remember when we think about this, is that that people uh, in our class, there may very well people be people who are who fit that category, mm-hmm. and we we can't assume, as you said, mm-hmm. we can't assume that everybody in there is a believer. No, we should not. Well, uh, Mike, any other tips or things that you think we need to know about for this particular lesson? No, I, I think I think that covers it. Uh, this this is, of course, as you mentioned, our, our designated evangelistic lesson. Not that we don't want to be evangelistic <laughs> at other times, but but this uh, particular lesson is a it's a great opportunity that we don't want to miss to teach evangelistically. Our prayer for you this week and for ourselves as well as we teach that God will use this lesson to introduce people in our groups to the gospel, to Christ, and use it as a way for, to draw them unto Him so that they too will understand the, the significance of but God in verse 4. Thank you much and God bless.